0: On June 28, 2009, Stephen Hawking sat in a room at the University of Cambridge. Flutes of champagne, hors d'oeuvres, and balloons surrounded him.
1: The famed physicist was hosting a party. But this wasn't a typical academic soiree. In the center of the room, a banner read, Welcome Time Travelers!
0: Hawking had made all the arrangements, and now he was waiting for his guests to arrive, except he hadn't actually invited anyone.
1: The shindig was an experiment. To ensure only time travelers attended, he waited to send out invitations until a year after the event happened. The notes included everything they'd need to find him, including the exact coordinates of the room.
0: Hawking hoped his message would survive far into the future, one in which we'd already discovered time travel. Then, anyone who heard about the celebration could go back to 2009 for some recognition and free champagne.
1: Hawking eyed the clock. He wondered, would he spend the evening alone? Or at any moment, would he have living, breathing proof that time travel was possible? Only time would tell.
0: Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly.
1: And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer.
0: Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify.
1: This is our second episode on time travel. For generations, we thought it was a far-fetched concept that only existed in folklore and science fiction. But research suggests it might be possible in our own
0: reality. Last time, we explored paranormal stories of people who'd slipped into the past and met a man who allegedly came from the future. Then, we discussed how Albert Einstein accidentally opened the door to real-life time travel.
1: Today, we pick up where Einstein left off. We'll follow some of the world's greatest physicists as they attempt to invent actual time machines. And we'll learn about the many paradoxes and potential consequences of messing with our timeline.
0: We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Growing up, physicist Ron Mallet had two life-defining moments.
1: As the oldest son, he spent a lot of time with his dad, who was a TV repairman. He nurtured Ron's insatiable desire to learn, and in turn, Ron worshipped him like a god. In Ron's words, the sun rose and set on his dad.
0: So when his dad died from a sudden heart attack in 1955, 10-year-old Ron's world came to a shuddering halt.
1: This was his first life-defining moment.
0: As Ron explained in an interview with Australian news network Channel 7, he dealt with his grief by losing himself in books. While flipping through one, he had his second life-defining moment
1: he realized that according to H.G. Wells' classic novel, The Time Machine, death wasn't the end. It didn't have to be. If Ron could invent a time machine, it would change everything. He could go back and save his father's life.
0: At first, Ron tried to build a machine like the one on the book's front cover. He put together some old bicycle parts and television components from his dad's collection. To his disappointment, the DIY device didn't run.
1: Determined, little Ron got a hold of another book that changed his approach. It was a paperback explaining Einstein's famous theories of relativity.
0: As you might remember, Einstein's theory of special relativity came to a groundbreaking conclusion. Time isn't the same everywhere. It changes based on what the observer is comparing it to. Essentially, time is relative, which means in certain circumstances it can also be manipulated. Ron realized
1: sci-fi novels would only get him so far. This was what he'd been waiting for. Proof that time travel was possible. He decided if he wanted the skills to build a real working time machine, he had to become a physicist himself.
0: From that point forward, Ron lived and breathed science. But as he neared the end of high school, he hit a roadblock. He couldn't afford college, so he enlisted, serving in the Air Force for four years. He even went to Vietnam.
1: Luckily, he survived, and with the GI Bill, he was able to enroll in college tuition-free. He earned his bachelor's in physics, then a master's and a doctorate. His specialty? Einstein's theory of relativity.
0: Ron was on track, but all this time, he kept his true goal to himself. Through Vietnam, through his university studies, even when he became a professor at the University of Connecticut.
1: Ron was terrified of being labeled a mad professor. He worried his peers would laugh him out of a room if they heard what he was up to. He could even lose his job.
0: So he waited and waited. Then, once he was tenured, Ron finally began fulfilling the promise he'd made to himself at 11 years old. He started to design a time machine.
1: By that point, Ron was in good company. In 1974, another American physicist, Frank Tipler, proposed what was perhaps the first time machine recognized by the scientific community. It was called the Tipler Cylinder.
0: Tipler suggested that if you take a very, very long and dense cylinder with a mass ten times that of the Sun and spin it very, very fast, it could create a closed timelike curve, also known as a CTC.
1: A CTC occurs when the fabric of space-time is folded back on itself, forming a loop between the present and the past. This allows us to jump backward in a kind of
0: time warp, Tipler suggested a spaceship flying a specific path around the cylinder could hypothetically use the CTC to time travel.
1: But there's an important caveat. In order to function, the cylinder needed one of two things. Either it had to be infinitely long, which is impossible, or have large amounts of negative matter.
0: Unlike normal matter, which moves in the direction it's pushed, negative matter goes the opposite way. So if you shove negative matter away from you, it'll come towards you instead. But that's not the only catch.
1: We also don't know if negative matter actually exists. It's completely theoretical.
0: Still, if we somehow did come across it, The amount needed to power a machine like the Tipler cylinder would be massive, maybe even impossible to produce.
1: Ultimately, the Tipler cylinder was only valid on paper. Even so, it was an important milestone. It paved the way for physicists like Ron Mallet to carry out their own experiments.
0: Ron knew if he wanted to make his dreams a reality, he had to create a time machine that could exist in real life. So he set out to design something that didn't require exotic, undiscovered space matter.
1: Instead,
0: he focused on
1: lasers.
0: Mass wasn't the only way to affect gravity and fold space-time. Light could do the same.
1: Soon he had a design. A circular ring of lasers that when rotating at a certain speed, should be able to twist time and space to create a CTC.
0: Not only did Ron manage to design a time machine out of materials that actually existed, he created a prototype that demonstrated how it could work.
1: Ron published his research and conclusions in 2000, and the public response was incredible. He received an outpouring of interest from people around the globe. People who, like him,
0: longed to travel through time. However, the scientific community was more critical. Other physicists insisted his equations were faulty.
1: Still, the most upsetting flaw was one Ron was already aware of. The device could be used to move backwards and only as far as to when the machine was created.
0: Despite a lifetime of research and resilience, despite surviving a war, attaining three degrees, and defying the odds again and again, Ron had come across a barrier he couldn't get around.
1: And he wasn't the only one who was disappointed. It didn't matter how recently someone had died, no one would be able to see their dearly departed relatives again. The machine wasn't capable of transporting people. It could
0: only send information. Today, Ron has come to terms with the limitations of his device. His designs and prototype are still just theoretical. He knows if his machine can be created, it probably won't be in his lifetime. But that doesn't mean he's giving up.
1: Even if Ron can't save his father's life, One day, his device might save millions of others. In his interview with Channel 7, he described how his invention could be used to warn the people of the past about coming global catastrophes, like earthquakes and tsunamis.
0: Since Ron published his time machine design in 2000, others have come forward with their own proposals, but they tend to be plagued by similar issues. They require incredible amounts of resources and technology we don't have, and may not have for centuries. So it
1: seems no one is going to construct a time machine in their garage anytime
0: soon. Even the most plausible devices would encounter the same constraint as Ron's. They wouldn't be capable of traveling any earlier than the day they were created.
1: Which means, despite our desire to turn back the clock changing our past to manipulate our future may not be as simple as we think.
0: And maybe, in a way, that's a good thing, because there are serious consequences to trying to control our destiny.
1: Coming up, the many paradoxes of traveling to the past. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch.
0: $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Now, back to the story.
0: In movies, time travel is usually portrayed the same way. A brave adventurer climbs into their gleaming, newfangled machine, plugs in a date, and simply ends up there. Whether it's the distant past or some dystopian future, it's as easy as pressing a few buttons.
1: But in reality, going back in time is much more complicated than going forward. That's because traveling to the past poses some interesting questions. Ones that, unfortunately, are impossible to answer. The physics community refers to them as paradoxes.
0: Most of these paradoxes deal with causality, which is exactly what it sounds like. An effect creates a cause, which creates an effect, and so on, leading to an endless domino chain into the future.
1: If we move back in time, that perfect line of dominoes gets all mucked up. And as a result, so does our current reality. And that can unleash a tidal wave of logical problems.
0: That might be surprising to hear. After all, in the movies, time travelers only seem to visit the past because they're on a mission to modify the future, not preserve it. Whether that's something as small as getting the girl or as huge as saving the world.
1: Or in Ron Mallet's case, saving his father's life.
0: So what's the issue? Why wouldn't we want to change the past? The answer lies in the paradoxes. We'll start with a classic, the grandfather paradox.
1: This one's usually illustrated with the following scenario. You journey back in time, let's say to the 1950s, for a particular operation, to kill your grandfather. Maybe your grandpa was a really bad dude, or you were blackmailed into committing time travel patricide. Either way, just go with it.
0: You turn on your time machine and plug in the coordinates to your grandpa's hometown, circa 1955.
1: Before long, you track him down at the local malt shop. Your dear, or not-so-dear, Gramps sits at the counter with an egg cream, all bright-eyed and hopeful, and you freeze. You're shocked at how young he is. He's got his whole life ahead of him. He hasn't even met your grandma yet. And here you are, about to end it all.
0: That's when you realize, if he doesn't meet your grandma, your mom will never be born. And if your mom's never born, you'll never exist. Which means…
1: There will never be a you to go back and kill your grandpa. The entire timeline has been overwritten.
0: Paradoxes that nullify our existence demonstrate one fundamental problem of backwards time travel. Then, there are others that create infinite loops with no beginning and no end.
1: One of these is called the bootstrap paradox. We'll use an example described by science writer James Miller from AstronomyTrek.com. It goes something like this.
0: You're a time traveler from the future who, after reading Einstein's theory of special relativity over and over, develops an incredible understanding of its principles. Now being the genius you are, you have an idea. You'll go back in time and teach Einstein about relativity yourself.
1: So you hop in your time machine, set your destination before 1905 and find a young Albert Einstein pushing papers at his job in the Swiss patent office. You tell him all about this incredible concept, assure him he can use it, and zip back to the future.
0: Meanwhile, Einstein publishes the theory as his own, and it becomes the groundbreaking pillar of physics we know today. His work is continually reprinted until generations later, you, the time traveler, receive a copy. Your original copy. The one you've read cover to cover and know so well.
1: At that moment, it hits you. If Einstein's book taught you relativity, but you went back in time to teach Einstein about relativity, where did the theory actually come from?
0: In the Bootstrap Paradox, backwards time travel creates a causal loop in which a person or thing, or in this case, an idea, has no discernible origin. Instead, it circles around time-space for all eternity, without truly being created in the first place.
1: It's a heck of a brain teaser, and for good reason. It completely defies logic.
0: These paradoxes are exactly why some scientists have denied the possibility of backwards time travel entirely. That list includes famed astrophysicist Stephen Hawking.
1: Hawking had long been skeptical about visiting the past. It was just too riddled with logical holes. So in 1992, he came up with a hypothesis to end all speculation. He called it the chronology protection conjecture.
0: Basically, it states that the universe forbids going back in time. And at some point, we'll discover a law of physics that says exactly that.
1: As Hawking pointed out, if backwards time travel was feasible, we'd be overrun by tourists from the future. This is why in 2009, he conducted a cheeky experiment to test his conjecture one we already heard about, his welcome party for future time travelers.
0: Hawking waited hours, but as the minutes ticked by, the canapes and bubbly were left untouched. When no one showed up, it only proved his point. Time travel to the past simply wasn't possible and never would be.
1: Or at least
0: not in the way we imagine. Many physicists have proposed solutions to these paradoxes. One is called the self-healing hypothesis. The premise is if we went back to the past and changed
1: the cause of an effect, the universe would course correct so the effect
0: happened anyway. This hypothesis operates under the assumption that everything is predetermined. So even if you did pull the trigger to kill your own grandfather, the gun would jam. Or you'd miss your shot. Your grandpa would always survive.
1: Or if Ron Mallett went back in time and warned his father that he was about to have a heart attack, his dad would still end up having a lethal stroke. Or an aneurysm. No matter what, Ron would always lose his father.
0: The idea that we can never change our destiny sounds hopeless, but some physicists have suggested another solution.
1: They refer to a theory known as the many-worlds hypothesis, aka
0: the multiverse. You might know this one. It says if we go back and change our past, it would create a split in the timeline. Meaning, the first timeline, the one you meant to modify, would continue to exist. But now, you would be living in a second timeline, the one you successfully modified.
1: Long story short, every time
0: you alter the past, you create an additional future. So in this scenario, when you pull the trigger to kill Gramps, he actually dies. And you create another future, one where you cease to
1: exist. In that timeline, at least. Remember, the original timeline never ended. It carries on, and in that reality, you never killed your grandpa. You both are still very much alive.
0: According to the paradoxes, if we change the past, we may not be able to return to our version of the future. But if we can't go back in time the way we imagined, what about going forward?
1: That's a different story. One that doesn't require a time machine because
0: it's already happened. Coming up, we look to the stars. Hi, I'm Avantika Chalkoti, host of the Modi Raj, a new podcast from The Economist. Narendra Modi has watched over a period of rapid growth in India, but he's also the front man for a chauvinistic Hindu nationalism. Now, he's eyeing another term as prime minister. What will it mean for India and the world? I've been trying to get inside his head. Listen now to the Modi Raj from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by The Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch off, the $500,000 platinum jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up the 500 grand is if I do scratch it. Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play
0: responsibly. Now, back to the story.
1: Traveling to the past means changing an already established timeline, which creates a whole host of challenges. But going to the future... That's more straightforward, literally.
0: Every day, we're each forging ahead on our own timeline. Technically, this is time travel. We're doing it right now, albeit at a snail's pace.
1: Time doesn't always have to move at the same sluggish rate, though. As Einstein's theory of special relativity states, time is relative, meaning under certain circumstances, it can expand or contract. This process is called time dilation.
0: Essentially, this is the concept that two observers in radically different circumstances will perceive time differently.
1: According to Einstein, there are a couple of ways to cause time dilation. The simplest method is to move super fast.
0: Sounds easy, right? But we're not talking about racing a DeLorean a la Back to the Future. No, the only way to accomplish this kind of speed, at least right now, is in space.
1: For example, if you were on a spaceship capable of traveling at light speed, you'd perceive time differently than everyone on Earth because the faster you moved, the slower time would, at least compared to those you left behind.
0: Once you returned to Earth, you'd be stepping into the future, While you were gone, your loved ones may have gotten old or even died. And yet, you would have hardly aged.
1: It's a freaky scenario. But get this, we've actually done it. Just not in the way you'd imagine.
0: Take former astronauts and identical twins, Scott and Mark Kelly. In 2015, Scott embarked on a year-long mission on the International Space Station. By the time he returned, he was younger than his twin.
1: While he was orbiting the planet at high speeds, he was aging more slowly than Mark down on Earth. So, by the time Scott landed, he traveled slightly into the future, by about five milliseconds.
0: Sure, it's not exactly world-shattering, it's still technically time travel, though. And extreme speeds aren't the only way to achieve time dilation. There's also extreme gravity. As you might know,
1: gravity is a force created by an object's mass. The more mass an object has, the stronger its gravitational force, which pulls other objects towards it.
0: In the same way moving incredibly fast can slow time, very strong gravity can exert a force that does the same and very weak gravity can speed it up.
1: This happens every day with our own technology. 12,400 miles above the Earth's surface, the altitude where GPS satellites roam, has slightly weaker gravity. As a result, time there moves a bit faster than it does for us, by roughly 45 microseconds, or 45 millionths of a second.
0: Again, not a world-shattering amount. Traveling through time in a significant way would entail a radical amount of gravity, and it would have to come from an object with an extremely large mass. This object
1: would produce so much force that anything that got close enough would be pulled in. It could literally punch a hole into the fabric of time and space.
0: That's right. We're talking about black holes. These mind-bending phenomena are formed when dying stars collapse into themselves. And they're so powerful, if an astronaut approached the center of one, eons would elapse in the blink of an eye.
1: This is where things get interesting. Remember how we said going back in time is impossible? Well, there might be an exception to the rule and it involves black holes,
0: specifically a hypothetical celestial occurrence called an Einstein-Rosen bridge, also known as a wormhole.
1: Wormholes are everywhere in science fiction, from Doctor Who to the Marvel Universe. But long before they entered popular consciousness, they were just a strange idea spawned from Einstein's theory of relativity.
0: It boils down to the following. If black holes punch a hole through the fabric of time and space, wormholes take that opening and create a tunnel. That tunnel would connect two points, making a kind of shortcut through space-time.
1: If you entered a wormhole in our galaxy, it could pop you out at a completely different point somewhere else in the universe possibly millions or trillions of miles and years
0: apart. This way, we could potentially use wormholes to travel to the future or the past. And physicists like Ron Mallet would never need to invent time machines.
1: But of course, there's a catch. Well, actually many catches.
0: First and most obvious, we don't know if wormholes exist. According to the theory of relativity, it's possible, though we have yet to find one.
1: Second, even if we did, it wouldn't be as easy as flying a spaceship through it like in an episode of Star Trek. Wormholes are tiny. We're talking microscopically small. We'd be lucky to fit an ant inside, let alone a human being.
0: Plus, they're highly unstable and tend to collapse. Keeping one open long enough to figure out how to get through it would require negative matter, which, as we discussed before, might not actually be real. You could also use the related negative energy, which is also merely hypothetical.
1: Ignoring that for a moment, and assuming we did find negative matter or negative energy, we'd need a huge amount of it. According to science reporter Marcus Wu's article in BBC Future, it would be the equivalent to all the energy the Sun creates over 100 million years. Even then, the wormhole would be no bigger than a grapefruit.
0: All that's to say, don't hold your breath on wormhole time travel, or black holes for that matter.
1: Yes, if an astronaut found their way to the center of a black hole and went through, It could propel them eons into the future if it was connected to a wormhole. But some minor details might complicate things.
0: The nearest black hole to Earth is more than a thousand light years away. You'd basically need to travel near the speed of light to have even the smallest chance of ever getting there. Doing that would require unfathomable energy and exert such a strong centrifugal force on the body you'd die in the process.
1: For the sake of argument, say you somehow made it to the black hole alive. Once you crossed its border, a wall of intense gravity would rip you into millions of pieces.
0: speed, black holes, wormholes, all of these are, simply put, futile solutions to time travel. Though we have plenty of theories, we still lack the technology and the evidence to make our time-traveling fantasies reality.
1: And so, it remains the stuff of fiction. But even the skeptical Hawking won't rule out the idea completely. As he recognizes in his last book, Brief Answers to the Big Questions, today's science fiction is often tomorrow's
0: science fact. If that's true, and one day we do solve time travel, perhaps there are future tourists already walking among us.
1: Maybe they've snuck back to the past for a rare computer part, or experienced a paranormal time slip to our present.
0: Or perhaps they're floating through the galaxy, ground into space dust by a black hole mishap.
1: It's possible they're not in this timeline at all, but in a different reality running parallel to our own. And perhaps in one of those many worlds, Ron Mallet did go back in time to save his father's life.
0: The options are endless and slippery. And until proven otherwise, there's one truth we can hold on to. Time travel is not impossible.
1: We may never know if it'll happen, But odds are, someone out there might.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We'll be back next time with an all-new episode.
1: You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer.
0: Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast, executive produced by Max Cutler. Our head of programming is Julian Boireau. Our supervising sound designer is Russell Nash, with Nick Johnson as our head of production and quality control by Lisa Marie Gallegos. Ali Wicker is our supervising editor and Derek Jennings is our writing lead. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Alex Garland, edited by Natalie Pertzofsky and Angela Jorgensen, fact-checked by Bennett Logan, researched by Josephine Cahue, recorded by Freddie Rivera, produced by Bruce Katovich, and sound designed by Juan Borda. Our hosts are Richard Rossner and me, Molly Brandenburg.